Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 249. What's going on? What's going on in your world? What's going on with your life? Happy 2024. Happy freaking new year. Uh, There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in my world, in my life. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, at Warrior HQ. And there's so much going on that I didn't podcast last week, which is very unlike me. But I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on. uh, And then we're going to dive into a few thoughts that I have for 2024. And then today's topic, which is this idea of tipping points and long-term health. Okay, so what's going on? There are a few cool things that I'm planning for this year. I'm adding some really cool stuff to Warrior School, to our community platform, uh, which is I've just spent the last uh, two weeks or the two weeks over the holiday period redoing uh, the platform, revamping it, uh, changing just the structure, the look, the feel, Uh, and writing a whole bunch of content for two weeks straight. I wrote, I think, about 20 workbooks uh, on the Warrior Way model, which is the framework that we use inside of Warrior School. So it has four key pillars, vision, energy, training, and performance. And so I went in and created a new phased-based system or approach for the women inside of Warrior School to use that alongside of our one-on-one coaching work. So that was my first task, uh, was revamping that and developing the new content for the Warrior Way model. I also aimed to finalize plans for the Warrior Light Foundations course that I want to create and had planned to launch in February, although it's looking like it will probably be March. Uh, It's still a really big project for the start of the year for me, but uh, this took a really long time, the circle stuff, the community, writing the content. And so I had aimed to finalize the plans for the course and the challenge that we're doing, uh, that we're starting in a week or so. I tend to push myself, uh, aiming really high and demanding a lot from myself. But truth be told, I didn't get it all done. I wasn't even close. (laughs) And it wasn't for lack of trying, though. I had some huge days like 10, 11, 12-hour days planning and glued to the computer. Uh, Everything took much much longer than I expected. And I had to really grapple with my perfectionism along the way, which is something that I grapple with often. It's interesting because when you're trying to work, uh, work at speed, so really be effective and efficient, and produce uh, certain things at a particular speed, perfectionism really rears her ugly head uh, and she wants to slow you down 
the podcast has been really helpful with that to help me move through perfectionism because I'm doing two a week. You know, I don't really have time to uh, redo them and re-record them and uh, get super focused on tiny little details that maybe weren't quite right. It's the same when you produce anything like content on social media or uh, this stuff that I was doing on our community platform. I had a time constraint and I had a plan (laughs) that I wanted to get it all done. And so that really doesn't leave a lot of room for perfectionism but I still had to grapple with her. So after the two weeks, because I didn't get everything that I wanted to done, I really reflected on those two weeks and on the project. And I asked myself a few questions, which I do a lot when I do periods of uh, like block periods of project work or go on sprints, uh, focusing on particular things. I do this all the time in my training, uh, in my relationships. So the first question I asked myself was, what worked effectively? What really worked over that period of time? The second question I ask is, what didn't work? (laughs) Uh, The third is, did I try my best? Because I had had a plan to do two, three big projects and really only got the first one done, I always want to ask myself, did I try my best? Did I actually show up and put in the reps, put in the hours, put in the effort and try my best? Then the fourth is, what would I do differently next time? Next time I have two weeks off to do a bunch of project work, what would I do differently? Then the last one, uh, the last question is, what are the next steps to complete the project? Anyway, so I'm almost there with the circle stuff. I didn't even fully complete that project. I had the intro videos that I needed to record and a couple of changes that I wanted to make to some of the content. And I'm always going to build and add on to that. It's an ongoing um, project, but I wanted the the foundation to be there to kick off the to kick off 2024 and. I didn't quite get there, but I'm almost there. I recorded the intro videos on the weekend, so they're sitting on my computer. I just need to edit them. Uh, I planned and rolled out the Warrior Queen Challenge on Saturday to all of the Warriors, and that kicks off on the 22nd of January. So this challenge is called Warrior Queen Forge and Form. And it is about forging new strength and power at the bar and forming the body that you want. So for some of the warriors, it will be about uh, building muscle. For other warriors, it might be more focused on losing fat mass, but it's forming a body composition change. So the, the challenge starts next week. Tomorrow, we're having a group coaching call that will introduce the challenge. Uh, I'll go deeper onto what it's about and it's going to be fun. This will be our third one. I've spoken a lot about them before on the podcast and I'm really excited for this one. Last week I started uh, the one-on-one coaching calls back with all of my warriors and it was a huge week. (laughs) It was a mammoth week of a lot of calls and a lot of computer time. 
which I love. The calls are my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of my work. So I had a huge call week. And then we had our 90-day planning call inside of Warrior School. It's a group call. And so all of the warriors came on and we planned out the next 90 days, which is cool because it aligns really well with the challenge. And most of the warriors will be doing the challenge uh, that kicks off next week. So this week, uh, (laughs) I have loads of one-on-one coaching calls. And in those, we're doing strategy sessions. So we're planning out the vision for the year, the goals, uh, and then breaking that down into 90-day strategy cycles for the warriors to work on. I also have loads of programming to do for the challenge, uh, which is which is very cool. The programming is one of my other favorite parts about my work. There's such an art to it and it's so fun formulating and creating uh, training programs for all of my warriors. The other thing I'll be doing is starting to plan the Warrior Foundations course, uh, which is very exciting. And I've spoken a little bit about that uh, before on the podcast. So today I want to talk about tipping points and long-term health. But before that, I wanted to share some thoughts that I have for 2024. I've got a few thoughts that are floating around in my brain, and I thought that I would share them here. I'm not going to go deep into all of these. Maybe I'll do a podcast on each of them, but I wanted to put them out there. Uh, Not all of them will resonate with you, and they might not even be helpful, but I thought I would just share some of my thoughts. So thought one, Esther Perel has this famous line and that she's really known for. And it really, uh, this line gives context to her whole mission that, uh, that fuels the work that she does. Uh, every podcast, every interview, the books that she's written, And that is the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And I was thinking about this the other day because I listened to her on a podcast uh, on the diary of a CEO and she mentioned this line. And if you go on her website, that's the first line that pops up uh, at the top of her website. And you hear her talk about this all of the time on all of the interviews that she does. And I really thought about that. I spent the rest of the afternoon really thinking about this line. I had a really cool conversation with John a month or so ago. And when we were we were talking about the website and the plans for this year, and he said something to me which really stuck with me, which was, I'm the Esther Perel for training. Like my mission uh is very similar to hers, but in the realms of training and our relationship to training, Uh, which is kind of cool. That is um, a nice compliment from John. But I really thought about this line and my work. And I think that the quality of our body and mind determines the quality of our relationships. And then, yes, the quality of our relationships will determine the quality of our lives. But for me, it's, it comes back to the body and the mind and the health of the body and the mind. The, is the body functioning? Do we have strong biofeedback? Do we have energy? We need energy. 
We need energy to be in relationship. We need energy to be in powerful relationships with others, with ourselves, with training. Uh, As I've said before, we're in relationship to everything and everyone. And the quality of that relationship or those relationships will determine the quality of your life. But I think the quality of your body and mind determines the quality of your relationships, which then determines the quality of your life. Without energy and without a healthy, strong body, we won't have quality relationships. So on the podcast, she uh, said something that I thought was really cool. So I've written it down. She said, if people put half of what they put into their work, into their relationships, we'd be in a much better place. (laughs) And I really like that. She talks a lot about how uh, to have a powerful relationship, we really, we need safety, security, connection, love, but we also need novelty, playfulness, desire, curiosity. And I love I love the the work in trying to balance both of these. And I believe we also need this in training. We need both. We need the structure, the discipline, the plan, the organization, you know, the the stability, the safety, but we also need novelty and playfulness and curiosity and we need a sense of ease and enjoyment. And so the work becomes how do we find both? And it's not an easy task. But the thing that I really loved about this line was, you know, this year I'm really enrolling and inviting the warriors to prioritize themselves above all else. And when we do that and we get the energy, we get the stronger, healthier body as a byproduct, then it's going to affect, positively affect the quality of all of our other relationships. So if we put half of the effort that we put into, you know, doing things for everyone else or into our work or our job or, you know, whatever the thing is, then we'd be in a much better place when it came to our health and uh, achieving our vision and our goals. Okay, thought two. That took way longer than I thought it was going to. I was just going to quickly share them. Uh, Thought two. The concepts of training, nutrition, and body composition are simple. This training, nutrition, body composition stuff is simple. They're so damn simple that they're beautiful, elegant, but they ain't easy. It ain't easy. Uh, But what if it could be easy or easier What if you could bring ease and effortlessness and enjoyment to your training this year? How could you? I want you to think about how can I bring more ease, more energy, more enjoyment to what I'm doing this year? Okay, and the third one, my last thought, to achieve your vision and your goals, you've got to transform who you are presently will not lead you there. We've got to envision our 4.0 version of ourselves and we've got to operate from that standpoint. We need to embody the person who already engages in these actions, who already has the vision or the goals, who truly believes 
and lives out their desires and their vision. So what if today you chose to live from your version 4.0 standpoint, if you chose to operate from that, what would she do? What would she think? What would she say today? Okay, let's do this. Let's get into our topic. You know I love a long intro. Uh, For those of you who are newer to the podcast, I love a long intro. We'll always talk about what's going on in my world uh, and I'll always share an idea or a thought or a concept that I'm thinking about. And then we eventually get into the topic. Uh, Sometimes we don't even make it, but today we're going to talk about something that I saw last November. So I saw this post from Lara Bryden and she was talking about a webinar that she was going to run, I think it was later that month or early in December. And that webinar was on supporting women through the neurological rewiring of perimenopause. So Lara is, she's a a woman's health naturopathic doctor. She's from New Zealand. She's written, she's also an author. She wrote the period repair manual and then the hormone repair manual, which I have here sitting on my bookshelf. Uh, So if you haven't read them, I highly recommend if you are a mother or a woman who leads uh, uh, other females that are in their cycle years to read the period repair manual or if you're a woman who has irregular cycles, uh, to read that. And then if you're a woman entering perimenopause and menopause and beyond, I highly recommend that you read the Hormone Repair Manual. They're they're amazing resources to have uh, on your bookshelf. So she posted, she, she made this post and there was a graphic that she used. And this graphic showed two pathways And these pathways started as one and then they veered off into two directions. And it was this idea that perimenopause is a tipping point and we can go, we can take one path, which is where we get metabolic conditions, uh, neurological conditions like dementia, autoimmune disease, osteoporosis, heart disease, uh, where we can have a really hard time with this transition and our health can decline uh, as we uh, enter menopause and beyond. Path, the other path was long-term health in how we need a recalibration at this age, at Uh, you know, in our 40s, entering this phase of our life, we need to recalibrate and we need to choose path, you know, path one, which is the long-term health path. (laughs) And so it got me thinking about, you know, I've been speaking about the old game versus the new game when it comes to women's health and fitness and how we're at this, we're at this stage in our lives where we're at a tipping point. So, of course, I really thought about this idea of a tipping point. I went and looked up the definition. Uh, what, uh, what came to mind for me was Malcolm Gladwell's book, which he, he's written a book on this whole phenomenon, the tipping point, which I'll talk about in a second. But I wanted to share the definition with you. Of course, you know that I love to give you the root Uh, the root of the word, or we like to do a Googles and look at the definition. So the definition, 
the point at which a series of small changes or incidents become significant enough to cause a larger, more important change. I'm going to read it again. The point at which a series of small changes or incidents becomes significant enough to cause a larger, more important change. So the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell, highly recommend it. It's also here on my bookshelf, uh, is this magic moment where an idea, trend or social behavior crosses a threshold, tips and spreads like wildfire. And that's a, that's a quote from his book. When he's talking about tipping points, it's about how hits happen. Uh, how um, so he uses the science of epidemics and shows how small actions at the right time in the right place and with the right people can create a tipping point for a product. The moment when a domino effect is triggered and an epidemic of demand sweeps through a population like a virus. An example that he uses, oh, there's so many examples in there, but an example I'm going to give you is Hush Puppies. So Hush Puppies tipped in 1993 when a few fashion-forward hipsters from Soho, New York, started wearing the brand again. This triggered a chain, of, uh, chain reaction that cascaded through the US, increasing sales 70-fold and creating a word-of-mouth epidemic. So he uses three basic laws of epidemics and outlines a simple three-point plan to get your product uh, to its own tipping point. So Malcolm Gladwell, uh, you know, he does a lot of stuff in the, the business side, uh, but I thought it was really interesting to think about it from Lara's perspective and that graphic, which I'll try and pop in the show notes where we are, you know, we're living life, we're on this path and in our 40s we reach a tipping point and we have two paths that we can take. We've got the path one, which is the long-term health path, and then we've got path two, whereas if we don't make a change, change our approach, change our strategy, change how we're actually living, we're going to head down the path of uh metabolic disease, heart disease, neurological diseases. That path does not sound fun. So we need to recalibrate, you know, where we are right now. We need to just sit here for a second and we need to think, okay, I've got to recalibrate because I've got to take path one. So our 40s and 50s are a tipping point. Small actions at the right time with the right information and right strategy can create a tipping point for women at this phase in their life. So for many women, the two to 10 years leading up to the final period, so leading up to menopause, can be a time of neurological symptoms, uh, including higher perceived stress, depression, anxiety, brain fog, migraines, irritability, insomnia. It's fun. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, many women don't receive the treatment they need because they're often told that it can't be perimenopause because their cycles are still kind of regular or it can't be perimenopause because their blood results are within normal range. 
So perimenopause is a normal life phase and should not be inherently symptomatic. Now, I've got to say that again, because this is not how a lot of women are experiencing perimenopause. They're experiencing what I just spoke about. (laughs) They're experiencing all of these symptoms. But it is a normal life phase that shouldn't be super symptomatic. We should be able to transition pretty smoothly and pretty powerfully. So Lara spoke about how perimenopausal symptoms are the result of evolutionary uh, mismatch, how our symptoms and disease risks that arise in this phase are from living uh, in an environment that differs substantially from that in which we evolved. So that was her whole conversation really was looking at uh Uh, the evolutionary reason for uh, perimenopause and menopause, the impact of the changing environment on this phase and stage of our life. And I'm not going to go deep into it uh, right now, but I thought we could just talk about some of the underlying mechanisms of this neurological change, because I didn't know a lot about the neurological impact that perimenopause and menopause and this transition could have on women. So the underlying mechanisms of this neurological change can include elevated histamine, decrease gabatone, uh, choline deficiency, and a shift towards reduced insulin sensitivity and brain energy. So I dug into the research a little bit uh, and I wanted to share some of it with you today. So perimenopause is bringing these neurological symptoms to some women, not all, but some. And the research is showing that they're linked to disruptions in estrogen-regulated systems. So estrogen, she's like your master regulator. And she's coordinated through receptors that we have in our body. And she's really crucial for brain function. During perimenopause, this coordination falters and it leads to a uh, hypermetabolic state that may increase the neurodegenerative uh, disease risks later in life for women. So recognizing neurological symptoms during perimenopause is is really crucial as they may signal tipping points and predict adverse health consequences, particularly uh, those neurodegenerative diseases. So conditions like insomnia, depression, memory issues, cognitive decline are associated with higher risks, most notably uh, Alzheimer's disease. So perimenopause is marked by variability in cycle length, So your cycle length starts to change, shorter cycles, maybe longer cycles, uh, heavier cycles, lighter cycles. Uh, It also is marked by uh, hot flushes and massive hormonal fluctuations. So progesterone is on a decline, but estrogen goes on a roller coaster ride and can be three times higher uh, than progesterone during uh, perimenopause. So despite it's been clinically defined by reproductive changes, but perimenopausal symptoms 
predominantly have neurological origins and these symptoms often persist into postmenopause. So estrogen uh, and its receptors network play a crucial role in regulated systems in the brain and a decline in brain metabolism during perimenopause may proceed or coincide with neurological symptoms. So hot flushes are super common in a lot of women that are going through perimenopause. They can affect, uh, the research said, up to 75 to 80% of women and they often co-occur with other neurological symptoms. So insomnia is an example, and that's quite prevalent during perimenopause. So the two biggest complaints that I hear from women that are in this transition are changes to sleep and changes to body composition. So insomnia is quite prevalent, and it's linked to hot flushes, night sweats, depression, and cognitive deficits. So sleep difficulties persist, can persist for some women, even into post-menopause, regardless of the vasomotor symptoms. So sometimes those vasomotor symptoms uh, subside. So once a woman's transitioned through um, and is postmenopausal, she may not experience hot flushes or night sweats, but insomnia can still be present. The hypermetabolism in specific brain, brain regions is observed with estrogen replacement therapy preserving memory function. Memory deficits, uh, subjective and objective, are also documented during this phase. And what they found is doing some estrogen replacement therapy can actually preserve memory function. They've also found that uh, we experience a hypermetabolism in specific brain regions and that that can uh, greatly affect our cognitive function and our memory function. The research has also found there's an increased depression risk in perimenopausal women and it's supported by a lot of uh, longitudinal studies where they follow women for a long period of time and then looking at them through this transition, their increase of depression they have an increased um, risk of depression during this, this time frame. And they have also found both hot flushes and depression can occur early in the transition, even if women uh, were without previous symptoms, with depression more likely to precede the hot flushes. So your 40s are a pivotal moment to shift your approach and optimize your body and embrace this revolutionary new approach for this phase of your life. And Dr. Lara went on to talk about uh, how we support ourselves during this transition. You know, the, what, what we're doing when we're taking path one and we're looking at long-term health. And this is a lot of the work that I do inside of Warrior School with the women that I work with. Research shows that perimenopause is this critical phase where unfavorable changes in body composition and metabolism begin and it's also showing where unfavorable neurological symptoms start to begin and we were at this time where we've got to optimize our approach we've got to shift our approach we have to uh, optimize our body so our metabolic health create you know build a strong resilient capable body uh, and we've also got to do things to make sure that our 
cognitive function uh, doesn't decline or you know isn't going to decline at a rapid rate once we move through this transition so the research is really looking at these four to five years leading up to menopause and you know some of the things that are happening are going beyond typical aging effects so we've got typical aging effects of you know maybe you know lower bone mineral density or lower strength or lower muscle mass uh also maybe you know we might be a little bit more forgetful or our memory might not be as great but the for a lot of women it kind the, this phase can fivefold or tenfold the effects of the normal aging effects that potentially a male would experience but the really cool thing is that we can minimize these effects through training and nutrition and the research is really groundbreaking especially from a physiological perspective I'm not as well adversed on the neurological perspective. However, I'm digging into the research and finding it quite fascinating, but there's just not as much uh, on this topic as there is on the physiological effects, but it's coming. So the, the research is showing that there is a potent way to train, eat and live as we embrace our 40s and beyond. And it's not about slowing down. It's about gearing up. It's about learning how to eat strategically to optimize energy and body composition. It's about learning how to train properly and purposefully. Uh, it's about recovering well. It's about prioritizing yourself above all else. It's about managing your mind, managing your strength. When we, we're looking at strength training and nutrition, when we tailor it specifically for this phase, it's a game changer. Uh, it's going to lead us down path one, which is this long-term health. And it's going to lead us away from path two, which is metabolic disease, heart disease, neurological disease. Uh, and we, we don't want to go down that path. And so we need to recalibrate. And it's not just about body composition and getting better sleep or, you know, having an exercise routine. It's about empowering women at this phase of their life with the knowledge, the tools and the guidance to thrive, to recalibrate, uh, to move through this tipping point and go down path one, which is long-term health. So it's not just about knowing what exercises to do. It's about understanding how to approach it all, all of it, how to approach the nutrition, the training, the recovery, the stress management, the mindset work, uh, how to approach the, the physiological side and also the neurological side so we and and how to integrate it seam, seamlessly into your life it's really we're at this time where we've got to reinvent what we're how we're living how we're playing the game and that it isn't about waiting to be honest we don't have time we don't have time to wait we actually need to seize we need to seize the moment and we need to bring a sense of urgency uh, to this period of our life the game is changing uh, the research is coming out showing that we can 
we can minimize a lot of these effects that a lot of women are experiencing during this phase and we can do it. We know we have incredible power. Uh, we can make changes to our life that is that are going to change the trajectory for the rest of our life. So we're at this tipping point and the time is now and we want to play to win. We want to play for long-term health. And so this is my invitation. If you need help, if you are at a tipping point uh, in your life, if you're going to enter or you are in this phase and you want to learn uh, how to optimize your body and your health so you can transition powerfully and well, so you can reduce the risk of metabolic disease, heart disease, neurological disease, uh, I invite you to come and check out Warrior School. That's what we do. That's what I can help you and lead you through for a year. I can teach you how to eat to optimize energy and body composition. I can teach you how to train properly. Uh, and I can help you learn how to manage your stress and manage your mind so you can create the body that you love and get the life that you want. So you can go down path one and you can live this big, powerful, healthy life where you get to achieve your vision. Okay, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for whacking me in your ears. It was a pleasure to spend this time with you and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.